Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is off the podium. No, it's not. It's the Oz <laughs> Network as we continue our coverage of the Atlanta Olympics of 24, uh, season five, episode 20, 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. You think we'd edit that out, but who gives a shit? No one's listening. Uh, first aired on the 1st of May, 2006. I don't have any historical events on that day. Maybe Colin can do that for once. Uh, written by Joel Surnow and Michael Losef. Directed by Dwight Stewart Little. And remember that episode when Jack Bauer hijacks a plane and Chloe tasers a pervy guy at a bar? This is that one. Uh, my- oh. Oh, what? No. My- that's the... I- we all remember that. We we all remember that's that's the historical event on May the first. Um, <laughs> my name is Ben, and you don't have much of a personality, do you, Colin? Uh, well, I try, but uh, my name is Colin, and I am looking for a quote. Um, my name is Colin, and I know a way for you to get free bandwidth. Oh, and Wi-Fi. They had Wi-Fi in 2006. Um, they did, yeah. Good for I, them. I was, I was on the wrong page here because I found that May 1st is officially International Workers' Day, oh. which was made to commemorate the 1886 Haymarket Affair in Chicago. Ah, I remember it like it was a 140, 30-something years ago. I, I can't do math. Not to mention the Memphis race riots began oh, on this day. This is a very eventful day. Of all the race riots. That's one of them. Um, and the the evasion of Iraq oh. <laughs> became known as uh, this is the mission accomplished speech that was given. Oh, on Bush day. on oh. the Bush on the boat, Bush on the boat. That yeah. sounds wrong, doesn't it? I've seen a movie called and Chloe tasered a man. And That's Chloe the one we really remember. Tasered a man. Was that on two thousand six mission accomplished, or was that like a year or two beforehand? Two thousand. No, that was like two thousand three. I think. Oh well, whatever. Mission accomplished. Chloe tasers a man. That's what it really was. <laughs> um, look. Similar to what I said the last few weeks, it's 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 entertaining. Again, it's tension filled. You just want to keep watching it. This this is one of those like again, let's get in a room and pick something out of a barrel. What Jack's gonna do? Robs a convenience store, shoves a tenner, hijacks a plane. It is this week, okay? And like it's again, it's completely batshit crazy and stupid, but it's also thoroughly entertaining. Um, I mean. Jack Bauer, what, what's the, the one line in here, which I wanted to go on my opening line, which, uh, you know, we, we've gone over the, hey, and like little one-liners he's got. He's got a one-liner in this episode, which is up there with the, hey, like it's just so funny <laughs> that if you just take it in isolation, which I can't get to. Again, I'm going to have issues with Logan, but again, I'm still entertained by Logan. I don't know how I feel about Chloe at a bar tasering a guy. Like it's funny, but it's stupid. <laughs> Um, but I mean, there's some great acting in this episode and it's just, 
there's some big plot holes, but again, it's just entertaining. Like, what's so good, as I keep saying about the end of this season, is there's so much wrong with it in hindsight, but it's entertaining and you just want to keep watching it. And at the end of the day, I'm I'm fine with that. I mean, Jack Power hijacks a fucking plane. What's not to like? I mean, I'll agree with you. It's entertaining. Uh, I think that this is very out of place in season five. This feels like a season one episode to me. No. Uh, it, it's. I'm not saying that it... Uh, uh, the opposite. Something else, I believe, very much ripped this off. I mean, well, this ripped it off too. We've seen a million movies like this. You know, uh, hostage situation on a plane. We got to find the bad guy. It's Pastor Fifty Seven. It's executive decision. It's little bits of Air Force One. But there's a, a Liam Neeson movie called Nonstop, which I think is Liam Neeson's best action movie, where he's an air marshal on an airplane, and the whole thing is about I got to find the identity of this person. And uh, maybe I'm just a huge, too big of a fan of the Liam Neeson movie Nonstop, but like. Everything about Liam Neeson, we just did it better. Like to me, this this movie's lacking so much intention because it just takes the easy way out with everything. Like it's like it's a great premise. It, it's it's something different. It's a change of pace. It is just fun, dumb entertainment. But like, I don't feel like there's any real tension here. And you talk about Logan being out of character. I just feel everything Jack does in this episode is out of character. And I feel like nothing Jack says or does really makes sense here. And then you got Chloe at the bar. Like I, I, I kind of remember the whole Bill and Chloe, you know, uh, stuck, you know, in a room together as like the the mini CTU on the run being a bigger thing. And now Chloe's at a bar being hit on by some guy. And so there's a lot of stuff in this episode that doesn't work for me. There's, Having said that, it is entertaining. I think you might be thinking about season seven because kind of Chloe and Bill sort of have started CTU on the side outside of the FBI. So maybe that's what you're thinking of. Mm. Uh, so there is more of this in, uh, in later seasons. Yeah. Like uh, again, I see exactly what you're saying. This isn't going to be one where I'm like, you're so wrong. You're so wrong. I mean, I think you'll be surprised that I'll rank this higher than what you had a top 10 episode the other week. So I'm pretty sure I've got this higher than that, but it's, it's, it's mm. not going to be like a super high episode, but I don't know. I don't know. Like it's just, I feel like if, 24 is not really a show that you can just put on a random episode, right? Like it's, it's, there are some that you would, but like, this is almost one of them. This is almost just like, oh, I just want to watch an episode of 24. The one where Jack hijacks a plane. Like, <laughs> you know, you can almost just take this on its own in isolation in a weird way. Um, but I think also like as much as, as I've kept saying about season five, the first time watching it, it's thrilling. It's exciting. There are some episodes in this that, in hindsight, I do feel a bit out of place. And there's there's more to come in this season to me that feel even more so out of this than this. But um, I think, like, you know, I joke by saying, like, remember that one where Jack hijacks a plane and Chloe tases someone? I honestly feel that this does weirdly get forgotten about because season five is remembered for so yeah. many things. But, like, again, like, before this episode, did you remember that this was the one that Jack Bauer hijacks a plane and Chloe tases a guy? No, I think even when you mentioned it, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, I'm like, did that happen on the show? And then when I start to read up, I'm like, I'm having vague recollections of some of the stuff that happened in this episode, but it is very forgettable. And I think one of the reasons is because it is one of the rare standalone episodes. Like nothing in this episode needed to be set up prior to this. You could have mm. just dropped into this and this is a one-off episode. And you could very easily probably, and I haven't seen next week's episode, but from what I remember with the rest of the season, you could very easily with a few minor edits and maybe a, a change in one or two lines of dialogue, you could cut this episode out entirely and mm. it doesn't change the rest of the season. You know, it's just, it, it, uh, that is something I think feel like if this were season one or season two, I may be judging this differently than at season five. That, and uh, look, I think when you say comparable to season one, this is very much like the, um, 
the Parmerade who like stabs the Drazen, you know, or like yeah. the which I liked a lot I more than this. You know, it's kind of weird how we go on different sides of that because I wasn't really a big fan of that. Uh, I think this is another chronological episode. Um, I think we just kind of go in order a little bit with this one. Um, so we've got Miles and Karen at the beginning, and the Karen's on the phone to to Bill, and it's basically like, "Quick, they're on their way!" Like again, like, "Hi, Karen, we just had this phone call like three minutes ago." Um, I know. <laughs> uh, again, plot's got a plot. Uh, you, you know, you've got to move this forward. Um, but I, I do love like when they're ex- trying to explain to each other here, like, yes, and Chloe, you need to get out of here and do this and do that. And you need to call me on a dry channel. So, yeah, what's a dry channel? What is a dry channel? Um, everything else is wet. Um, like, oh, <laughs> get off this wet channel and call me on a dry channel. <laughs> Quick, it's, ugh, it's wet. Ugh, get it away. But I also love the fact that like, not only does Bill live near an airport, Bill lives near a bar. Like it's around the corner. It's just like, Chloe, jump over the back fence, go two blocks to the left, and you'll be in a bar. It's like, how do you know about that, Bill? I get drunk a lot there. Uh, well, I just wanted to interrupt for a second, because I swear he says to her, it's a motel. But then you show up, this is like a five-star hotel. Mm. <laughs> but I swear he said motel, and I'm picturing they're going to go to like a travelodge in or something. <laughs> well, I've got, got a question about this bar in a second. I didn't pick up on the motel, hotel, holiday inn. Hello, Pitbull. Um, <laughs> but I do, Pitbull reference, that's only taken us 100-odd episodes on 24 coverage, go us. Um, but I just, I still love the fact that like Chloe, like, but Chloe's like, but what's going on? How much is it? And Bill's just like, fuck off, go to the bar. And then all of a sudden, perfect timing because here come the gang. Here come CTU. Do, 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 do. Where's CTU? Well, sorry, Homeland Security. Apologies, not CTU. And I love Bill. Like, knock, 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 knock. Homeland Security. He's like, I'm doing his shirt, ruffling his hair. Oh, just a minute. Again, this is two in the morning. Uh, yeah. So I, I love. But he's only been home for two hours. Exactly. And I love like this. And then. Like, in all fairness to Bill, like, these people are just like, Homeland Security, where's Chloe? And he's like, do you have a warrant? He's like, we're coming in. It's like, yeah. this guy's a director of a government agency. Like, he should be like, no, do you have a warrant? Like, there needs to be at least a line here from this agent where he's just literally just like, under the Mission Accomplished Act of 2003 and uh, 9-11, remember? Like, just pointing a picture of the trade centers. We can come in and do what the fuck we want. Because isn't that like the Patriot Act or whatever they called it? They used to be able to yeah. do that. So, like, that's all he needs. He needs a line there because he does come across a bit like, you can't just budge into a place, mate. Like, I know my American law and you can't do that. But the the thing that I love about this sequence, Homeland Security walks in. There's this one guy. He looks in the living room. He looks around the corner. Chloe O'Brien's not here. There's other rooms in this house. I know he doesn't even check like the kitchen doesn't even look up or down the stairs. It's like the stormtrooper on the millennium Falcon where they're just in there. Yeah. There's no one here. They just walk right out. But then you got this other guy who gets on the computer, presses two buttons. This fire was accessed by someone who only Chloe O'Brien. How do you know that? You looked at it for two seconds. Does it have like signature? Chloe O'Brien was here. Like, okay. Um, so I do love Honor all the dry channels. She was definitely here. Oh, it's all wet. It's definitely Chloe O'Brien. <laughs> but I do love like this kind of like charade that they've kind of put. Because Karen sort of said to Bill, like, hey, like they're going to show up in two seconds. You need to like stand your ground and get taken into custody. And we'll like, we'll sort this out from CTU. It's a, it's a plan. You see, ha ha. I'm so smart. <laughs> and again, Jane Atkinson, Karen, amazing. One of the standouts so far of this show right now. Like I forget how good yeah. she is. And I kind of love this kind of back and forth she's got going with Miles here because Miles is like, Karen, we've got them. And he's like, ah, yes, we do, Miles. Go to Situation Room. And it's like, what? Just do as you're told. Um, so basically, Bill's going to get taken in. 
Chloe rocks up at this hotel, motel, holiday inn, which again, <laughs> it is like 2.08 a.m. in the morning. They're still under curfew, to which Chloe says to Bill, what about curfew? And Bill's like, ah, if you get to the hotel, you'll be fine. That's where all the military get drunk anyway. Like, curfew doesn't just mean you can't go out on the streets. Like, we live through quarantine and lockdown. They're shutting down these places. They're saying to these people, like, it's it's a lockdown. Go home. Like, go up to your rooms. Why is there, like, 30 people in this bar at 2 a.m. on probably, like, a Tuesday morning? Like, I've been out in America at, like, certain times of hours, but there's never this many people at 2 a.m., Yeah, this actually, I had I had a different question about this, and it's not even anything that's addressed in this episode, but when you have martial law followed by a curfew, and granted this is day one, but how do you deal with that when there's, let's, this guy here was supposed to check out of his hotel nine hours ago, get on a flight back to Portland or wherever he lives, and now all of a sudden there's a curfew in martial law, do they basically say, okay, hotels, you have to comp these people for another night, give them unlimited drinks at the bar, like keep them happy? Like this is the logistics, which I would find very, I don't want the show to address it, but I'm like, oh, maybe there's it's, a reason for this. And I was just thinking more like that. I mean, I reckon it would be the, like, cause I mean, I don't know if you've ever had a flight canceled. Like I've had a, you know, late mm-hmm. night flight canceled and they have to put yeah, you up nice in a hotel. $15 coupon for a subway. <laughs> well, like well, mine, they like, they had to put you up in a hotel. Um, They get, mm-hmm. and like, the, the shitty thing about mine was because I was in Melbourne and there's like there's the Melbourne airport's like, I don't know, half an hour out of the city. So they're all like, oh, we've got no room in the airport hotel. So we're going to have to send you in the city. You're in this hotel. And it's like, okay, well, how do I get to the city? Oh, you have to get your own transport. I'm like what? Like I've had my train. You fucking put me in this situation. And then they're like, oh, he's complimentary $50 room service voucher. I'm like, it's three in the morning. What do you want me to order a burger? Yeah. So I did. Um, but, <laughs> but I mean, you know, that they kind of have to comp you like, and that's rare in Australia. Yeah. Cause at least like in your neck of the woods, I'm, I'm pretty sure Canada's the same as America. I know I've missed flights in America before through no fault of my own. Like a car's broken down. Something's been late. Security holds you up. And I rush to the game. I'm like, oh fuck, I missed a flight. And that's all right. We'll just put you on the next one. Whereas in Australia, mm. you miss a flight. Fuck, sucks to be you. You got to pay for a new <laughs> one. Like the, there's no leverage there. Like you miss about two minutes. You got to pay another $200 to get in the next one. Sorry. So yeah. yeah, but I'm sure they would comp them. The, the the real the real questions on the Oz Network we ask. It's <laughs> it, to, to me to me it's more a question of like okay so is the government responsible for this because these hotel managers are gonna be like listen this guy yeah. he was supposed to check out now we give him a free room he's drinking everything in the bar he's hitting on all the other people these people want to go home and they can't leave because he's sexually harassing them. I think you know give us some competition. I think like we saw that in COVID, didn't we? Like so many of these businesses like try to get compensation yeah. from the government because it's like, well, you're forcing us to shut down. We're losing money. Where's mm-hmm. our compensation? So, yeah. Um, so Chloe's basically on this computer and she's like getting details of this thing. Now, a couple of mentions of the word manifest. Cool. Um, <laughs> foreshadowing a shit TV show. Um, but like, I love, again, this is 2006. She's got like a, a freaking Ethernet cable sticking out of her, like freaking, so what's she got a dongle to get on what now? I don't remember the history of Wi-Fi. An Australian invention, by the way. Did you know Wi-Fi was invented by an Australian? Oh, really? Um, I don't recall Wi-Fi being a thing in 2006. I could be wrong, but I mean, I remember when it, you had it like... It was. It was? Okay. I remember, do you remember WAP, it, the first internet on mobile phones? It was called WAP. And like you could, uh, not, yeah. not that song by Nicki Minaj. Um, yeah. But look it up. You'll see what it means. But like, 
you used to be able to only get to certain websites on the internet. Like it was very sporadic. Whereas I don't remember Wi-Fi being around in 2006, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, uh, I'm just trying to look this up right here is to see when it actually started. Well, wi- Wi-Fi apparently started in 1971. What? Oh, Jesus. Um, right. <laughs> no, I mean, at the time this episode aired, I was working doing internet tech support. Uh, it, it definitely wasn't like a big, big deal yet. Cause I remember we had like uh, 500 people uh, in a tech support department. And then the home networking, you know, a wireless internet division had like maybe a dozen. Uh, so it definitely wasn't like that big of a deal. But um, I'm trying to see here, 2003 to 2007, I guess, is when it started getting really rough. Because I just love that. It's, it, again, it's one of these things that dates this show when you've got this guy coming up going like, oh, Wi-Fi, hey? Like, I mean, <laughs> that would have sounded so modern in 2000, like VPNs that we were talking about the other week, right? Like, but like, yeah. I mean, I can I don't know how like I feel about this. Like, Chloe in a bar is kind of whatever. But then just like this guy at the bar who's always like, "Hey, sweet chicks, want a drink?" And she's like, oh, "I don't think so." Oh, don't get all feminist on me. Oh, modern <laughs> woman. Like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm the feminist on this show, and we speak out for thing. But this guy's just a sleaze. Like, I mean, you know. <laughs> She said no. She walked off and he was just like, ah, screw you. And he moved on. Like, I mean, yeah, maybe it was a bit persistent on Chloe, but like, I mean, you know, I don't know. <laughs> and at this point, he's more just curious what she's doing, you know? Yeah. He's not saying like, come on, let's go have sex behind the bar because I'm not allowed to go up in my room. He's not a Spanish he's football like, oh. official kissing, huh? Yeah. He's like, what? <laughs> oh, you don't get that? You're not getting that news over there? That's all it's talking about no. here. No. Uh, the- oh, no, I saw something about this, but yeah. yeah. Okay, I didn't bother to read the whole story. But yeah, like this guy, technically he's just coming up right here saying, he's like, oh, that's quite interesting. I've never seen that before. Can I sit down? No. Can I sit down? Sure. Tease. <laughs> like, I, like, again, like, I'm not trying to, like, I get it. If a woman says no and, like, she's not interested, like, okay, like, you know, you get the picture. But again, he's also not, like, grabbing her by the tit, going like, hey, I said I want to <laughs> buy you a drink. Like, you know, but, like, also, like, I've been in public in places before and like, I don't know, I'm just sitting on a train, whatever, and somebody starts talking to me and I'm like, eh, I'm not interested. Yeah. Like, I don't consider that sexual assault or sexual harassment. Like, I'm just like, I'm having a quiet time, mate. I d- I'm not interested in talking to you. Like, but I'm not all of a sudden going to get a taser at like, I said, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> like, I mean, to, to me, this is they were playing something on the show yeah. for laughs, which there are, there are very few laughs this late in the season. So I kind of get why they did it, but at the same time, it's like, again, does this belong here? It's and, not, we're not used to this. And again, I'm not defending like, you know, like this man should be allowed. Like it's, it's more of a level of, does Chloe go too far? Like that's almost, that's assault. <laughs> she literally teases him. Yeah, exactly. Like there's a fine line of like, hey, like, excuse me, so I've said no politely. I will get, like, I will contact security. Like, you don't, like if, if somebody, you don't just stab him. Like, I mean. Well, and. Again, we're not we're not making this a man woman issue, no, exactly. sexual harassment issue, because we made the exact same complaints when Jack decided to choke Kim's husband or, or boyfriend or therapist for no reason whatsoever. This episode, he just assaults the air marshal. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly, I mean, punches the guy in the throat, exactly. in the neck. Um, <laughs> but so we we find out that again, they like five minutes ago, they're like, "Oh, this is a diplomatic mission," you know, blah blah blah. Tolderon, Tolderon, do we peaceful? We have no weapons. Um, but they're basically like straight away. And they're like, oh, it's, it's going to Germany. It's going to Frankfurt. And it's like, okay, uh, 
I've got so many questions about this plane. Like, again, this is this secret plane that we talked about last week that nobody knows about. These are all like people rocking up in their, you know, high important cars with little flags. It's a chartered plane. Why do they have first class and economy on a private chartered <laughs> plane? Like, do, is this just like the United Nations of, of discrimination? Like, well, Germany, England, you're all in the front. Burkina Faso, Niger, you're in the back. Like, I mean, what is the hierarchy on a chartered plane for there to be first class? Like, questions yeah, about that. We don't, it's not like everybody here is like in a business suit. Like, you got like Susie Stevens back there <laughs> and, and Johnny Mosley. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> Susie Stevens and Johnny Mosley. There they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, this just feels like a regular airplane to me. And why is there an air marshal on a chart? This is a privately chartered plane. Like, <laughs> Don't they have their own? They're diplomats. Don't they have their own security? Like, again, like, I look, I get why you're doing it. You've got to have an air marshal tension. I understand it. And honestly, like, I I don't know if are air marshals a Canadian thing as well. Like, do the Americans sort of take over your planes? Because every time I fly in the US, I I am that person who walks in. I'm like, they're the air marshal. Like, I look around. (laughs) I know there's an air marshal on the plane. And I always try to go, like, definitely an air marshal. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I, I always find that funny. If, you, if you're listening to this and you've never flown in the US, play that game when you're flying domestically in the US. It's fun. Um, I wonder if they allow you to fly if you just wore a shirt that said, I'm the air marshal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm horny for air marshals. <laughs> uh, what is it? Bridesmaids, isn't it? When they're on the plane. and um, Oh, Melissa McCarthy? Melissa McCarthy and her real life husband, whatever his name is. Um, yeah. Which I'm so sick of those ads for like, trip advisor or whatever they're on some ads for one of those booking booking booking.com and every time i watch a youtube video it's always their fucking booking.com ads i'm like oh my god i get it melissa mccarthy and that guy um so anyway jack's on the plane he's still on again this plane took off five minutes ago and it's already at cruising altitude halfway across the fucking Mm. pacific um so jack's all like all right chloe you need to find me a connection to christopher henderson and also i need you to find me the air marshal and chloe's like i'm on it i've got wi-fi and then finds it. Now, um, I I think it's, it's kind of, I don't know, coincidental. A couple of, I feel a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Kim Raver, who's not in this episode. Sad that Kim Raver's not in this episode. Oh, yeah, she's not. I talked about how one of her great scenes in Third Watch was when Bobby, Bobby Cannavale, gets killed and she's confronted by the gunman who's holding a gun to her head. She's got this moment. Now, I literally forgot... That here in 24, the guy who played the gunman who killed Bobby Cannavale is the air marshal. This is Kirk as Acevedo or Acevedo. He's actually in a lot of things, this guy. You- I, I was going to say I knew him from uh, the TV show Fringe that I mentioned a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and so and the, the, I don't want to say the ironic. I don't know if that's a misuse of the word. But I never watched Oz, like that prison show. But one of the times mm. I was flicking channels and it was on. Bobby Cannavale is in that show, and from memory, he is prison mates with a character played by this guy, and from memory, they have sex. So I'm like, <laughs> the guy who kills you in Third Watch, who is like his childhood friend and wants drugs, so he kills Bobby, you fuck in Oz, <laughs> and now Kim Raver, who's like having a torturous day, the guy who killed her best friend and sort of guy she was almost in love with in Third Watch is now the air marshal. So all the third watch connections in this show, but I like this guy, Kirk Acevedo. Sorry, Kirk, if I'm mispronouncing your name. But I think was he not in like a Marvel or a DC movie as well? Like he's he was on the TV show Arrow for um, at least a full season, but it might have been it might have been even two seasons. Yeah, he he was two episodes of Blue Bloods. 
what else has he been in here? I'm just scrolling through. The Offer, that was the the TV show about the making of The Godfather. He was in that recently. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, I forgot he was in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, he's one of the humans in that. Star Trek Picard, he was in that. There you go. Um, yeah. He's no. a good actor. I, I, like, but he's, he's got like a face that you remember, right? Like it's sort of a distinct yeah. look that he has. But anyway, so... Jack assaults this guy because he's sort of like, hey, do you mind if I, uh, I'm near the galley? It's pretty hard. Yeah, bang. And like, <laughs> this is, again, it's it's entertaining. You've got to get Jack Bauer being Jack Bauer, right? But like, if you literally look at the people behind him, like, I think they're meant to be asleep. But like, if I'm sitting on a plane oh. and I'm like even 10 rows back and I see a guy get elbowed on a diplomatic mm-hmm. plane, <laughs> like, come on. But I just love the way he's just... And there are people, there are people like one row behind who are not only like wide awake, but if the camera can see them, they can see Jack. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, he's assaulted. But then (laughs) this is, this is like some of my uh, favorite moments uh, of this uh, episode. So Jack sort of like like gets up, he's he's still, you know, pickpockets this guy, gets the badge, goes up to, so he's like, oh, Chloe's like, oh, this is... What would you say the name was? Like Lenny Jenkins. Uh, he's connected to Christopher Henderson. So he's like, yeah, g'day, uh, Lenny Jenkins. How you doing? Uh, yeah, Air Marshal. Um, so, like, there's a bit of a problem with your bag. Uh, can we just go check it in the galley? Oh, of course, you know, I'm, I'm innocent. So, do 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 walking through that. <laughs> he gets to the back of this, uh, the plates under the curtain, closes the curtain, and this guy's sort of like, so, uh, how do you know the bag was mine? Jack Bauer goes, ticket stub, and then, like, knocks him out. <laughs> That to me is up there with, hey, like it's just, it's king and stuff. <laughs> like Indiana Jones in the last crusade where he throws the guy off the, the Zeppelin. No ticket. Yeah. <laughs> I just want all the other passengers looking at him after he does that. Just no ticket. It's so funny. He's just like, ticket stop, gun punch. <laughs> That's like the, the one liner, right? Like Jack, was it in um, um, uh, Black Adam when he's like, you need a one liner. Tell him the man in black sent you or whatever. Oh, yeah. like, this, is, <laughs> this is Jack Bauer's one liner every time he kills someone. Tickets, stop, boom. <laughs> Tickets, please. Um, so he gets him down into the the hold, the cargo hold. And I love kind of the tension with the, the flight attendant there. She's kind of like, ooh, something's a bit different here. Uh, and I might sort of just go up here to Martha and Mike and Martha and this uh, Secret Service agent. Uh, you don't have much of a personality, do you, Justin? I love Gene Smart in this episode. Like, I just love crazy Gene Smart. Yeah. She's like whacking this security guard, Secret Service agent. And then Mike sort of gets brought into the fray and she's like, I just want some pills. I just want some pills. And Mike's just sort of like, Martha, you've had your pills. Calm down. It's like, no, I just want one. I just want one. And I can't tell you what's happening because... They wouldn't want me to tell you. And Mike's sort of like, hmm, this is suspicious. Again, like, bit of a plot hole around the whole Logan situation. It's like, surely he's got to know that people are cottoning on to this a little bit. But, you know, tension's got attention. So Mike confronts Logan. And, look, again, as much as I'm talking about Logan being a bit out of character here, still cartoonish, I do like the moments here where you've kind of got, like, Gregory Eatson sort of staring off into space and you see Mike walk in and he's kind of like, oh, fuck, I've got to deal with this guy now. Um, and he, I think he has a phone call here to Graham, doesn't he? Where it's basically yeah. like, has bow. And again, like, this is one of those things in hindsight where it's like, why would Graham be calling his brother Bauer? Like, have we got oh, Bauer? I had the exact same complaint. But I think, like, I think I can excuse it because I think, in a way, like, Logan probably doesn't know that Jack's his brother. Yeah. So that to me is excusable. You know, so it's it's kind of like the Star Wars argument about like how doesn't you know Leia know or whatever that's a dad mm-hmm. right? Like I think there are things you can argue away over it. 
Um, and then basically Logan says to Mike, like, hey, we're splitting up. Orkies, uh, that's why she's being a bit crazy. Give us some pills. Um, so I might just cab it to there before we get Jack holding up old um, Lenny Cheesecake here in the in the cargo <laughs> hold. I can't remember Lenny his name. Lenny Cheesecake. <laughs> um, I, I really don't have that much to add. I mean, you kind of covered almost all my notes. Uh, you're saying the exact same thing. Like literally walks in, looks at the living room. There's no one here. <laughs> That's it. Tell me where you put her. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think the best stuff in this episode is all the back and forth between Karen and Bill. And yeah. this is where so much of the airplane stuff and the Chloe stuff is lacking because those stories don't really have a lot of tension because you're not you're not allowing anything to, to to build on. Whereas here, the entire dilemma is Karen's working with Bill, but nobody else can know. So every time Karen is like, excuse me, yes, Miles, definitely bring Bill Buchanan to custody. I want to deal with him myself. Like, Bill, 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 I didn't mean it, okay? Don't worry. Don't be afraid of me. I won't bite later uh, or something like that <laughs> where we're gonna get that next next season but Ooh. uh uh and and then when uh they i, I don't know if you're gonna cover this a separate scene but like when they come in and she's like all right buchanan <laughs> i'm the boss now like i i actually really like that stuff and i think that's one of the reasons why karen is working so well in the season because uh she's she's basically the double agent here mm. this is like jack in season three when he's undercover with the salazars you know yeah. but she's undercover within her own government and it was probably around the time of this episode where uh, I remember, not that I specifically remember being this episode because I barely remember this episode, but I remember there being a point when it got close to the end of the season just thinking, you know, they're probably going to recast this role or bring somebody else in next season. But like, man, I, I hope they keep Karen around. Like, she really helps this show. She brings She's something right. different. And, really and, good. And I, I, and I mean, I was also praising the last couple episodes, like just this drama of, Homeland Security and CTU kind of battling e each other, you know, like like this takeover CTU. So to me, this is what's holding the episode together. Um, Jack on the airplane. I mean, everything just happens way too quick. Uh, we we keep complaining about the same thing. Like Jack, just, just talk to somebody. He finds the air marshal. This is probably the one guy in the airplane that he could talk to and say, listen, this is the situation. And instead he knocks him out. Probably almost could have killed him. <laughs> Throat punch, punch whatever he has there. Yeah. Yeah, especially from Jack Bauer. And yeah, like everybody is watching him. Like it's not even as discreet as like build the seats higher. Say, hey, is your shoe untied? And when the guy ducks down, he knees him to the head or something. Like it's just it seems so implausible that nobody has seen this. Because I mean, on an airplane, somebody moves in the seat in front of you, you see it rocking. Yeah. This they're gonna see this thing like fly back, and this guy's hands are up in the air, like oh. The noise of the punch is gonna be noticeable. All he just, needed to do is just, when he punched him, he needed to go ticket stub. Yeah, exactly. Check it some. <laughs> uh, but like, again, it's Jack just not talking to anybody. And then even when he gets this, uh, we think he's the terrorist, you know, the guy who has a connection to Henderson. Like, he's like, would you come with me? So like, why does he just go up and grab this guy right away? Like in a few minutes, he's basically going to be holding a gun on innocent people on an airplane. He's like, I'll kill you all. Like, yeah. if you're if that's how far you're going to go in five minutes because you can't get out of the luggage container, and we've already seen you attack a man for no reason. Like, it just doesn't make sense how he pulls this guy in discreetly. Uh, and if you're going to do that, get the air marshal on your side. Like, he, he basically, you, all the problems that are created for him in this episode are his own fault. So, uh, yeah, I just have a lot of problems with how this has played out. I did note the same thing about, like, Graham referring to him as Bauer, Bauer. And I kind of thought, like, 
oh, you can explain this a way that like nobody else necessarily knows that. He's and I don't Graham think Bauer. the writers knew it at this point. They like, didn't. Yeah. So, but, and I think that's that's why because I even mentioned last week, I, I'm I kind of defend this whole situation. I'm like I could separate season six, but this was the one part where I'm like. Ah, it's just really hard to separate when you have him call. It would be like me calling my brother Hilding. Hey, Hilding! Like, well, it, it doesn't make any sense. There's a funny thing. Actually, I brought this. I was talking to Noah about this the other day because uh, I think he said he was listening to old episodes of Double Seven. And what always like, I always laughed at in those early days of Double Seven and some of the older episodes is it took you a while to ever refer to Jamie as Jamie. So like you would like for about fifty episodes, you would always just refer to her as my wife. Like you would never actually. Yeah. Go, we got to, I've, there's so many times when I realized I was like Colin when you were in episode two, what you who your wife was. So like you can call her Jamie now. Um, but I was so I was. <laughs> I mean, that, you guys knew, but the listeners didn't know. Well, I mean, what do you think? We got new listeners every episode, Colin. I mean, I begged for one <laughs> message yesterday on Double Oz Seven, but cute, Colin. Literally cute. begged. I did. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have much else to add. I, I, I think that the whole Martha and Charles storyline at this point is like. They're just featuring them to feature them in the episode. Mm. Storyline wise, it doesn't really make sense. This whole thing about like, oh, pills or whatever. It's bad drama. But again, the way Jean Smart plays it more so in the next scene, the way she plays it is so good that like I'm forgiving it. No matter what, when you have these three actors, you have Jude, Jude, uh, and uh, record. <laughs> was doing the record scratch. There he is. Uh, between him and Gene Smart and Gregory Itzen, like it doesn't matter how bad the yeah. material is, like I'm gonna forgive it with them. I think too, like I I love the Karen and Bill stuff too, but like it's it is that trope of 24 of like I get it, you've got to create this conflict about Jack against the world, like it's entertaining, it's what people are used to, but like again. I get Miles is sleazy and kind of like, you know, but Miles is just doing his job. If Karen literally said to Miles, like, hey, like, Miles, like, this is what I believe is true. So this is the direction we're going to take. Again, From my point of view. (laughs) From my point of view, Jack Bauer is innocent. Um, But, like, did you watch the first episodes of Ahsoka, by the way? I know we're going to do a Patreon. I did, yeah. Okay. Have you seen it yet? Yeah, not bad. Um, I, I'm curious to get your point of view because you would have no familiarity with the Rebels TV series. Yeah, none at all. So, like, I, 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 yeah, we, 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 we're going to do the Patreons. We were meant to do it last week, but we will. But um, <laughs> I didn't, like, I, you know, I, enough makes me want to watch it weekly rather than just wait till the end of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, anyway, Rosario Dawson, what a woman. Um, but the, yeah, like, it's sort of, there's no reason why Karen can't tell Miles or why Karen yeah. can't, like, and again, the argument is, oh, it's conspiracy people. Are but as of right now, Karen, the president still thinks Karen's working for him. And Miles, yeah. outside of this phone call that we'll get to Mike, we also think, like, again, Karen creates this drama for herself. So later on in this season, when Miles is going to be working with the president, he's not doing anything wrong. Karen's kind of created that situation. So, yeah. It's kind of like what we talked about with Spencer. It's like, yeah. technically, Spencer is doing his job. Yeah, exactly. One, one, actually, before I move on to just one of the Chloe bits I like with this sleazy guy. Is again to show that this guy, like, does he deserve to get tasered? When he first comes up to her and sort of like, hey, got a computer, do you? And she's all like, yes, uh, please go away. <laughs> He's basically like, okay, if you change your mind, I'll be over at the bar. So, like, first of all, he's actually <laughs> quite, like, polite, you know? Yeah. He's just, like, persistent. Anyway, I'm not defending it. If, you, if you're a woman and you feel uncomfortable <laughs> in a situation, you have a right to say no. Don't taser people. 
Uh, <laughs> unless I assault you, then taser the fuck out of them. That's completely. If you are, a I feel uncomfortable around you all the time. Like, where's this philosophy when I'm stuck in episodes with you playing Madonna every thirty seconds? If if you are a Spanish female football player who has won the World Cup <laughs> and you are getting kissed without consent, taser the fuck out of that guy. You you have my consent. Um, so Jack's in the test ticket stub. He's basically questioning this guy again. Like, it's the contradictory nature of this show sometimes where one minute they're so quick to interrogate a person. It's like, Oh, this guy, one connection to Henderson. I'm going to, I'm going to punch him, ticket stub him and I'm going to get into yeah. the thing and I'm going to question him. <laughs> but then there are other people where it's like, Oh no, we're going to go through red tape. We can't do this. We can't do that. Oh, there's a person involved. Like it's just, uh, like it's just sometimes a consistency that kind of does frustrate you with it. But so pretty much Jack's questioning this guy and he's all like, I'm German. I'm innocent. Germans have never done anything wrong. Like, I mean, <laughs> why have you picked on me? Typecasting just because I'm German. Um, so, and essentially, you know, question this guy and Jack's like, damn it, we don't have time. Girl. I love that cell reception in 2006 is just perfect in the freaking galley of a, a diplomatic plane. <laughs> so convenient. Oh, for the Mojave Desert. <laughs> I know. Like, just, I'm so glad this technology existed. Um, so pretty much... And again, this is where there are some key plot holes because Jack just has to go through a few channels here and he can avoid ticket stubbing guys and knocking out people. Mm-hmm. Eventually he gets to the point where he's in the, the plane with this guy and this guy's like, hey, I'm innocent. And Jack's like, oh, damn, well, he might be innocent. Chloe, patch me through to the pilot. Um, why didn't we think about this before? <laughs> um, <laughs> How about like, when you got on the airplane, Jack? <laughs> exactly. Like show about, like, again, I get it. Like all oh, the president's model. The president doesn't know yet. And again, I think this pilot is stupid because like literally Jack calls up Chloe, who calls up Karen, who calls up the FAA, who calls up the flight tower. They give like 70 different secure codes. They patch Jack through to the pilot. And basically, so somebody at the the control tower has gone, hello, control tower flight 72K7. We've got a priority call from a government agency. They're going to patch you through to a situation happening on your plane. Hello, this is Captain Jenkins. Who am I speaking with? Yes, this is Jack Bauer, federal agent. I've got a guy in your hold who might be evil. I need you to land the plane. Well, how do I know that you're telling the truth? You went to like 30 channels to get to you. Like literally he says like, well, they couldn't have gotten through this line. How dumb is this pilot? I'm sorry. Like that straight uh, away is like ding, ding, ding. This is post 9-11. They would have security measures in place to get through something like this, to go through it. Like, I just think this is stupid that this guy would be... They, qu- How do I know? But they bring that up on the episode. I think this is where, it, it, maybe this is the plot hole, where it's the co-pilot who's like, hey, but if this guy got through all those channels, he's got to be with CTU. Why would the... Co- we know what's going to happen later. And the, the, the co-pilot is going to be at this point vouching for Jack? Like, why? Yeah, I get... Well, I guess he's trying to come across as innocent. But, like, I just, I just question, like... Any person in their right mind, like right now, if we got some sort of, the FBI are listening to us and we got a ding, 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 this is Barack Obama, like, oh, g'day, Mr. President, how you doing? It's like, yes, I've got connections to, who's, a, I don't know, uh, Eisenhower, who was the founder of the FBI? Uh, Hoover, Hoover. Like, you know, Hoover. Hoover's great, great grandson who's controlling the FBI right now. They're patching you in. There's a national security issue right now. And as a podcast, you're going to save the world. I'm going to believe that because I don't know. But- but but like at the same time, I feel like especially post 9-11, they're going to have so many channels they have to go through and protocols you have to follow. Like there would be a follow-up call here. The, the pilot would be calling, listen, I want this verified. I want somebody to call True. 
you know, and we don't see that in the episode. But my biggest problem again is the guy on this airplane who shouldn't be saying, "Why don't you trust this man?" Is the one he says trust. Which we should mention right now. That is um, Gene Smart's real life husband. Uh, the guy, the pilot or co-pilot? The co-pilot. Uh, that is her really? real-life husband, Richard Gilliland. And I looked him up to see if they're still married. Uh, sadly, he passed away in 2021, but they were married until the day oh. he died. So, um, yeah, that is that is um, Gene Smart's real-life husband as a co-pilot. Evil co-pilot. So <laughs> she can't get a break, old Gene Smart, this day. A fictional husband and a real-life husband, they're both evil. They're all traitors. Um, so basically, this is a whole situation now where Jack's all like, um, damn it, you're going to have to land this plane. And then the pilot's all like, well, I know what I can do. I can turn off the air pressure in the thing. And again, this is like uh, entertaining, but there's a massive plot hole here. So these pilots are like, well, I've turned off the air pressure. You're going to pass out in a couple of minutes. So Jack's like, I'm going to get the plane and jiggle with the wings. To which then all of a sudden the, the pilot's like, oh, you've got me now. Like, hold out for 30 seconds and he's going to be passed out. And Exactly, yeah. Again, this is where the pilot has the upper hand. Like, dude, if you're really a government agent, you are not going to crash this plane. And at the end of the day, you're going to kill us all anyway, whether you're good or bad. So do what you want to do with this. We're 30,000 feet. It's going to take us at least eight minutes to crash, by which time you're going to be passed out and by which time I've controlled the plane. So sucks to be you. What leverage does Jack have here? He's got none. And I'm sorry. I know nothing about the mechanics of an aeroplane, but I do not think that I can pop off a, a lid and pull two cords and otherwise, uh, I'm sorry, but those 911 hijackers, you needed to do some more research, guys, because like, yeah. fuck, you, <laughs> you didn't need a box cutter. You just needed to go with the sneak in a suitcase. And go, All right, I like one. If you're a future terrorist, do not listen to this episode. Uh, also, in between this, this is where Chloe tasers the guy. Uh, <laughs> like, I do love the bit where he, the first time. <laughs> I like that. Like, he does mansplain to her. He's like, oh, a computer. I can maybe help you out with some bandwidth. And I love Chloe, like, oh, tell me more. And then just like tasers him because, sure. We should get that guy on the show. You were tasered by Marilyn Radskin. What was that like? <laughs> uh, eventually, the pilot is like to the air marshal, let him up. Jack doesn't um, <laughs> ticket stub this guy, but locks him down in the galley. I feel sorry for this random German guy. He's just been accused of being a terrorist and he's still locked down there. Let him get back to his seat, Jack. He's got a sore stomach. Um, and now Jack's basically, again, as you said before, he's walking around this plane with a gun. Like, like all he has to do is go like... Aggressively. And he's literally like holding people hostage. If you don't sit down, I'll kill you. Like, this is post 9-11. Like, all he needs to do is like, oh. I'm the air marshal. We've got a terrorist or downstairs. This is on the day where a former president of the United States was assassinated. An airport yep. was terrorized. You had a mall and multiple attacks of nerve gas. Lockdown. The, 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 lockdown. A Russian president is is almost assassinated. And you want to pull look, these people like these people are already on edge, Jack. And all you have to say is, listen, federal agent, everything's under control. Again, Liam Neeson did it better nonstop where he still has to resort to these measures, but he at least tried first. You have that one moment of everybody. I just need you to stay calm. There's like, I remember too much. Like I was in the, I was in the San Diego airport and I was like checking in and there was an unattended bag to the left of me. So of course, as America being America, literally people are like, is this your bag? So is this your bag? So within two minutes, all these like 
police and security rush in and they're all like, all right, we need everybody out of this terminal, get out, like, and that's the bing, bing, bing emergency situation. So you get evacuated just because, like, Doris has left a bag there, but that's America. Like, they're, they're that, and, but they identify themselves like I'm a, you know, whatever. And I remember, like, in a post-9-11, like, six months after 9-11, uh, this was New Year's Eve 2002. I'm down at like, well, not even six months, three months, 9-11. How on edge the world was in a post-9-11 world. I was in Hobart, of all places, the least likely place a terrorist is ever going to attack. And we are down at the waterfront for New Year's Eve. And everything that was talked about was heightened police because of terrorism fears and, you know, large gatherings. Again, in Hobart. No one was aware that they were going to be doing a 9 p.m. fireworks show. So we're all down at the waterfront, do, 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 it's New Year's Eve. All of a sudden, you start hearing this popping and banging, and everybody started screaming and dropped to the ground. Took them 30 seconds to realize our fires. But that's how on edge the world was at that period of time. Mm-hmm. So this day, everyone's on edge, as you said. All those things have happened. And they're just like, ah, a gun. Like, Jack, you're, you're <laughs> wrong here. Come on. Like, oh, anyway. But... He's holding people hostage. He's trying to get... And again, in a post, no one's letting you into the cockpit, Jack. It's 9-11. Oh. <laughs> um, like, Jack should be... If, if any of these people open that cockpit door, that's when he should be like, listen, you do not do this no matter what the circumstances are. I'm a drill. I should know better. You failed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this was a test and you failed, buddy. This Give me your nine, license. Nine, nine, it over. Like, you've just screwed up. <laughs> You're losing your pilot's license, John. <laughs> Uh, we go to elaborate measures here at CTU because we need to make sure you're ready. Um, you're going to be manning a radar tower in Boise thanks to that <laughs> move, buddy. <laughs> you're going to be lucky to fly planes in Niger at this rate. Um, but like, Good luck on flight simulators. That's the only way you're ever going to fly again. <laughs> Chloe's had a shit couple of hours, all right? Not only did she miss that Henderson dropped off a recording to a random guy, she's now fucked up and... <sighs> Jack, it wasn't the German. Um, <laughs> the co-pilot is evil. Sorry about that. Like, I want Jack to be like, Chloe, you're going to Boise working for CTU. <laughs> CTU Anchorage, you're going to the sticks. Um, <laughs> so basically we find out that the co-pilot is the one who's got the recording and now Jack's got to get into the cockpit, which just happens to be old Johnny come lately. He quickly unlocks it. He walks in. Um, ticket stubs this guy within two seconds, <laughs> um, gets the recording. And basically I do love like this guy again, who's all like, you can't hurt me. I'm the only one who can fly this plane. I just want Jack to be like, bitch, I'm Jack Bauer. I can do anything. Like, <laughs> you know, that guy was like moving the plane up and I could fly this plane through those wires down the bottom. <laughs> um, so Jack's like taking control of the plane. Meanwhile, other things that have kind of happened in between here is, uh, I love Bill showing up to CTU and, Basically, like, Miles is like, you're in a lot of trouble, Buchanan C. You're going to tell me who you're talking about, I see. And he's just sort of like, oh, you're a weasel. You're a weasel, hey. Um, but again, like, Karen makes this situation. <laughs> makes this situation worse because they go into an interrogation room after she shuts down Miles and turns off the cameras. So, of course, like, Miles is going to be suspicious of this. So Karen's all like, oh, you know, this is what we're doing. We're, we're trying to get here. And I think I believe you still Bill. So, yeah, you know. And then Miles calls up Mike Novick. I love how Miles has direct communication to Mike Novick, um, which also further makes him more suspicious, Mike. I think, it's, I think it's next episode where Logan calls Miles and kind of gets him on team Logan from memory. Um, but then through all of this, the, the, maybe the biggest plot hole of this whole episode, through all of this, right? 
So the president's obviously aware that this plane has been hijacked. He's been brought to the attention, so he's all kind of like, oh, we're going to land this plane, and we're going to get Secret Service, and we're going to arrest Bauer, yes. And to which, of course, you know, again, like, Mike's sort of like, well, this makes no sense. Like, Jack's a patriot. He wouldn't do this. And Logan, I will give him props, kind of explains this. Like, well, he's, he's shown today that he's good at lying. So clearly, you know, so okay. At the end of this episode, the tension, the cliffhanger, is Graham calls Logan, and he's like, hey, so... Jack's hijacked a plane. You're going to have to shoot it down. <gasps> dun, 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 tension. Logan literally is like, how do you know that? I've not received any word of this. Graham says, we intercepted a call between Karen and Chloe at CTU. Yeah. We are aware of this. So why the fuck has Logan for the last two hours been using Homeland and CTU to try and find Jack Bauer in his location when all he needs to do is call Graham Bauer. Graham, you've got some pretty cool skills there. You've intercepted a phone call between these people that we can't find. Help us out. Is that not the biggest plot hole of all of this? Well, because Graham is ahead of everybody, and yet Graham has delegated to Logan, and Logan has delegated to Henderson to take care of Jack Bauer. Meanwhile, the entire time, Graham could be like, Oh yeah, I intercept all. Of, I got all of his calls. Yeah, <laughs> I'm listening to his calls right now. You know, it's it's so like it's just one of these things. Which okay, again, I I understand why they've done that, and I get that this is causing the tension. And like I get if we got John Kazar on the show, Howard Gordon, it's easily explained. I understand it, but it's just little nitpicking things that us as super fans are going to like pick mm-hmm. apart. It's it's still entertaining. Again, we're going to get some like outlandish over the top action next week of Logan trying to shoot down a plane. Like it's like, it's batshit crazy, but again, it's entertaining, but it's just like, it's little things like that, which kind of like, it makes no sense. Like, I don't know, like not a great cliffhanger, but uh, this is the thing about this episode that I will say, say, like I'm complaining a lot about it, but I honestly am more entertained by this episode in the last few weeks because there's just something about Jack Bauer hijacking a plane, which is stupid. It makes no sense, but it's just, it's one of these things where I'm like, yeah, I kind of like to see it. And as I said last week, like you put somebody on a plane. A plane's one of these situations where it's like, well, how are you getting out of this situation without a, without a parachute or without crashing it? Like it's it's almost the impossible situation. How do you get out of it? And they do what they can, which is kind of stupid, but I'm still into it. This is the, the gladiator, Russell Crowe. You're not entertained? I'm like, I am entertained, Russell. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I am to a certain extent. Um, I, I may just be in a mood today because I mean, <laughs> if, if anybody is... If anybody's listened to our review on Gran Turismo, I had kind of a similar complaint. Like, I just, I've seen this before and I've seen it before done better. And I'm going to give uh, more props here to the movie Nonstop because what they do where it's like, oh, it wasn't this guy, it's somebody else. Like, that's so much of what Nonstop is. It's like a whodunit. But you have to investigate this on an airplane. And there's, there's oh, and then this person has this in their background. And, oh, well, we got to find a way to, uh, we think it might be this guy. And, okay, well, let's study the video footage. Like, I, I, a what flight plan kind of be like flight plan like where's yeah where's a door similar to flight plan yeah. yeah yeah and i mean in that you you get these scenes where i'm like oh i kind of want to have that in here like okay jack has to watch the video the, the cabin video footage to see who answers a phone when when you dial this number you know and then that passenger pass off there's so much stuff that goes in that which creates so much tension that we don't get in this episode um, just, uh, to, uh, further plug the movie nonstop, which I'm sure I'll find excuses to cover one day on here. Not only do you have Liam Neeson in that movie and Julianne Moore, uh, you also have Lupita Nyong'o and Corey oh. Stoll, oh. uh, and, uh, future 24 leading man, Corey Hawkins. No, oh. uh, I've 
said before, like how how good Corey Hawkins is in everything other than 24. I mean, he was great in the Straight Outta Compton movie. He was great in the uh, King Kong movie, was Skull Island that we saw. Mm. Really great nonstop. So um, yeah, let's let's just do nonstop. I'm uh, sorry, instead. that was a lie by highlight like, this episode again. No disrespect to Corey Hawkins, it's going to be very hard covering <laughs> that season because again, from, uh, seems like a genuinely nice guy. But like as soon as you say future lady man, Corey Hawkins, like oh <laughs> legacy. Yep. See, I was. I was glad though that we got to do Skull Island because you did get to see. Oh no, this guy's good. You know, he can he can do more than just <sighs> but be boring Jack but that's Bauer. That's legacy. Like, I mean, they've got Jimmy Smith in that Miranda Otto, and they just like they. Yeah. Uh, why do they waste them? And Edgar he's, Styles, he's, cousin, he's wasted. Fuck off. <laughs> I don't even remember that. Oh. But uh, I mean, again, not not much to add on the end of this. Other than like, there's so much more you could have done with this by not having Jack. I mean, we're gonna have another episode on this airplane. Like, mm. let's let's just send this investigation into a bit of next week. Take your time with it a little bit and let this play out. You know, have more with Jack trying to figure out who this is. I will say, though, as as cheesy as that moment is revealed that it's the co-pilot. Like, I actually really like that scene. I like the, the guy getting off the phone. Oh, what was he saying after he was saying, well, it was your co-pilot. He's the evil one. No, nothing, nothing. By the way, how did you get on this flight there, Bill? Oh, I haven't seen you before. Bit of a I, I actually really like this. <laughs> it's really cheesy, but like I actually like that scene. It's one of the few scenes I actually really like in this episode. Um, but uh, nothing. Jack takes over. I mean, I do love where uh, he says to the guy, you know, oh, you're not going to fly this plane. He goes, I have a feeling you're not going to want to die for Christopher Henderson. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So give me what I want He's and land bitch. this plane. He just bent over straight away. Yeah. Um, uh, but otherwise, there's 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 so little going on here. Like it's just it. It's like you keep saying it's entertaining, but it's like, but there's not much there. It's just, it's, it's cheap payment. The one question I had, and I, I thought this would be in the trivia, but I can't find it. The, when you see Jack coming out of the galley and he's sort of near the airplane door before he goes into the, the, the passenger cabin, does that set not look exactly the same as episode one when um the, the bombing, the plane over the Mojave desert, you know, when Mandy like blows up and gets sucked oh, out of the, with her, yeah. like, like to me, that's exactly the same set. Like I, I, I reuse set. Yeah, I mean, I'm fair enough, well, but I mean, like, it saves some money. But like, I'm sure it's just on the Fox lot. But I, I know we, um, uh, I think it was last season we talked about the one of the trivia bits was that the the staircase in the Baru's uh, or the uh, Navi and Baru's house and everything that it was just a redress set from something else. Mm. And I think we even talked about it at some point this season that the there's like a boardroom or something it's, or one of the, the interrogation rooms. Isn't the presidential retreat just like on the other side of the wall yeah. of CTU here or something like that? Yeah, yeah. they just build it on the other side. Yeah. I, I, I like all those trivia bits, especially if you see these sets all the time because most people don't realize that that's pretty standard in television that you just redress the same sets over and over I, again. I don't know if you like, I, I don't think you've been to Los Angeles, but like every time I've been there and like spend a significant time there, I love to do like tours of Hollywood studios. And it is fascinating when you do like set tours and you see just the magic of what they can do. Like, I mean, I, I remember yeah. you got to, I did the Warner tour and you got to go on the set of friends like central perk. And like, that's tiny. You don't realize how small that set is. And obviously the magic is they put everything big at the front to make it look bigger. But like, I got a photo taken behind like the coffee bar where like Gunther would sit in the couch and it's, it's so small. Like it's just, it's tiny. And then when I've like saw Letterman I, live or when I saw Stephen Colbert, like the Ed Sullivan theater looks huge on TV, but you're there. It's like, this is tiny. Like it's so clever what they do. 
I, I like to think now that this goes on in Liam Neeson movies that like the, the cabin from the nonstop airplane <laughs> is also the, uh, the, 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 the truck from ice road, which is also the <laughs> snow plow from cold pursuit and Liam Neeson in a vehicle. They're all the same vehicles. Just yeah. redressed. Doesn't he have another one coming out? Some Liam Neeson in a, I don't know, a hovercraft or something like that. Or like, I just, <laughs> there is a movie that just came out, but it wasn't released here in Canada, which I was really disappointed with. I saw like when we listened to our grand Turismo when I was looking at the coming soon movies, it looked like there was some Liam Neeson style action thing yeah like i think just came out this past weekend because i i saw some people in the states who are like oh i saw the new liam neeson movie but like it's not even playing anywhere here right now one of the bit like if you ever go to la do the unit I mean, universal is amazing and one of the best sets you drive through is i know you're not a fan of the war of the world's tom cruise movie i love that movie but like the the bit where they come out of the house and there's like the 747 crashed on their lawn like that's real and you drive through that like you literally drive through this massive plane crash set which is incredible to see like in person. So um, there's a tip. Go to Universal Studios, Colin. You would enjoy it. Um, I will. The trivia. Uh, so this apparently is Flight 520, the same number as this episode, 520. Uh, the Ooh. only episode that Kim Raver doesn't appear in, which it's interesting because usually if you're like a main star of a season, if you miss an episode, you're still on the credits. Like you just get credit only, right? But they actually have, don't have Kim Raver's name on the credits here. So Marilyn Radzkiv gets second billing in this episode, notice. which it, it's strange. Like I just went back and looked, and yeah, Kim Raver's name's not on it at all. So it's Roger Cross's. Uh, yeah, where's where's Curtis? Um, <laughs> I guess he's with Kim, isn't he? Uh, well, Audrey. Uh, I just I want to point out to me that uh, I'm sorry, Tara Delulio Bennett. You've obviously gotten married between uh, the official guides, and good for you. I hope you're still with your Mr. Bennett. But like to show the laziness of now this guide, right? So like. The, the additional intel is the the Gene Smart marrying um, Richard Gillian part. The Literally, the whole interesting section is so lazy that they've literally written one sentence and the rest is just quotes from an interview. Like, you don't, like, separate it by giving me some context. You've just literally gone, oh, I'm lazy. Like, I've done that when I've been a writer in newspapers. If I'm lazy and want to pat out an article, I just use more quotes. Um, it literally said, co-creator Robert Cochran explains... The Shadow Group, led by the mysterious Graham, Paul McCrane. And can I also say, I hate the way they spell Graham. How would you spell Graham? Well, the traditional way, I guess, would be G-R-A-H-A-M. Exactly. But his, his is like A-E-M-E. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, I've it's, seen it both ways. But yeah, yeah it's definitely more common makes than it H. Weird, but anyway, so mysterious Graham, seen pulling Logan's strings in the last third of the season, came out of a need to ratchet up the story tension leading into the finale. The rest is just a long-winded quote about how, like, hey... Politics is boring, so we needed somebody pulling the strings who's pulling the strings who's pulling the strings. So, fucking lazy, Tara. Do better. <laughs> remember, remember. Um, I listened to the best of the Mission Impossible ones, and I forgot. Uh, was no. it Mission Impossible? <laughs> Get better! Feel better! Feel better or whatever it was. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was We're funny. We're, we're really funny. Um, I'm still going to buy this. I, I feel you're going to go a completely opposite path. Um, yeah, I am. But, like, again, I just entertaining and again i'm gonna forget this episode exists in like a season but like it's still just i don't know i i could put this episode on and just watch it and like it's not going to be a, an amazing like top whatever episode i will say right now i'm ranking this as my favorite number 62 uh and overall this will end up as 99 so it's still in the top 100 funnily enough but i i just feel it's better than the last couple of weeks because it's just more it's more entertaining it's got something more to it that i'm like okay it's it's dumb it's stupid it's still got issues but at the end of the day, I was entertained. It's Jack Bauer doing something a bit outlandish and stupid. I can tolerate this more than him robbing a convenience store. But yeah. But I'm assuming you're bidding it? Yeah, I am. Uh, although Ooh, our first of the rankings, season. Uh, 
Uh, it's not going to be that far off because, oh, this is my first of the season. You're right. Yeah. Uh, and only my 17th bin overall. Uh, but uh, this is 101 right now for me. So only oh. two spots off where your final ranking of it is. It's my second highest bin that I have because it's still a lot of fun. But it's like I just can't get over like how much better this could have been. And I, I really can't get over how dumb it is because somehow this is actually dumber than I thought it was at the start of this episode. Uh, the worst part is, again, like we talk about how there's not consistency from Logan in this episode to the next episode. There's not consistency in this episode from the beginning of the episode to the end of the episode. You know, that the whole thing of the co-pilot saying, sir, maybe we ought to do what he says. Yeah. Where would that have left you? Like, I just, I can't get over like the plot holes in this one. It's just stupid. And like, Chloe's tasering people. No, nah, I'll skip it. Yeah. We barely touched on that, but um, you know, it'd be interesting to see. Um, Was there a commentary for this? Like did Mary Lynn Radjkip talk about this at all? Or? I, I didn't have a chance to see, although if if uh, we'll have a chance before we record the next episode, I'd like to see if there is a commentary to go back and listen to it. Maybe they'll sell me on it. I'll change my ranking. Next yeah, that, I mean, that'd be like, again, I don't think we're ever going to get Marilyn Radjkib on the show. We've tried and unfortunately it's, it hasn't happened yet. But I mean, that would be one of those ones where I, I feel like, I, and this is no disrespect to Marilyn Radjkib, but like, I feel like she's going to be one of those people where it's kind of like, oh, did I do that? I don't remember that. Like if you watch Kiva yeah. Sutherland <laughs> interviews, like at the end of 24, like he was on Jimmy Fallon and basically he's literally like, Jimmy Fallon brings up certain things and Kiva's just like, oh, what season was that? What was the one? Like, what did I do here? Like, uh, you know, um, like, so yeah, anyway. Next week. Now, it's so interesting. I've spent so long talking about like how this like shift in Logan annoys me and it kind of doesn't hold up. But next week is like a Logan episode that, again, I still have an issue that he's this cartoonish villain, but I am on board for the Logan train next week. I, I, I don't know if you remember this episode outside of the plane, whatever, but... There's a scene with Logan at the end, which I want to hate because they're implying that Logan is potentially going to kill himself. Let's just say that. But like mm. the way it changes and that turns out like Gregory, it's in his, he just, he owns next fucking week. And like, again, to put that in context, we literally have the implication that the president of the United States of America is going to commit suicide right in front of us. Just think about the balls the writers have to do that. And yeah, there's batshit crazy stuff in this episode. Again, it's Logan trying to shoot down a plane, but like, it's just, Oh, just come for the Gregory. It's an hour next week. That's all I'm saying. And I will say that next week is the last time for a fortnight that we will have a good episode. Uh, because to me, uh, the episode 22 and episode 23 aren't good episodes. And then we get a great finale. But anyway, uh, we're on the last disc, Colin of the box set. We're into the final four episodes of uh, season five. Oh, it's time to get excited. Uh, I mean, yeah, this is like the home stretch here. And it is unusual that in a season that's this me memorable, that I'm coming across so much in like the last stretch of episodes where it's like, ah, I don't really remember this. I mean, maybe they had kind of run out of ideas. Um, the one thing I will say, that we, it looks like we're definitely getting Audrey back next week. Um, we're uh, getting Chloe back at CTU, I guess. Um, Valerie is back. Who's Valerie? Is <laughs> she in this season? Uh, Apparently she was. We talked about her before, haven't we? And then... Yeah, it looks like Valerie is back. So get excited for Valerie and, and Jenny Logan Levine. But I, I like I, I remember the drama. Oh, she's particularly the, the Martha. She's the CT, the random CTU woman who Chloe was going off the other week. It's kind of like, why is there a meeting? It's like I don't know. Like she's that woman. <laughs> but but I think the uh, the Charles and Martha scenes, just sort of looking at uh, uh, some of the the synopsis here, and then also some of the screen caps. Like yeah, the Charles and Martha scene, I think, is going to be a winner. And the rest of the stuff with Charles sounds like it's pretty dramatic. Is you know we're, we're, when we get closer to the end, it's all going to start coming back to me. Actually, I'll correct myself. 
She's not the woman who got yelled at by Chloe. She's a Homeland Security lady who was like chasing after Kim Raver when she had the tag underneath her. Um, in the oh, that's her. Yeah, yeah. Get your blonde women correct, Ben. Yeah, <laughs> racist Too many blondes. They um, all look the same. <laughs> look at their faces. They all look the same. Um, <laughs> this week, romantic comedy month starts, starting off with pretty woman walking down the street. Again, if there's no Roy, Roy, Roy Orbison song in that movie, I write. Um, have we done a Richard Gere movie before, Colin? I don't think we have. I don't think we have. No. Get your gerbils ready. Um, <laughs> and we haven't done a Julia Roberts movie either, have we? I don't think we have. No. Oh, I like Julia. I don't. I don't know if I know your thoughts on Julia Roberts, but I'm a fan. So um, we'll get to that. We'll get and into it this week. Gran Turismo last week. Sure, Blue Beetle coming soon. Um, and if you're a fan of our other shows, they're good too. Listen to those. Uh, but 24 back next week. My name is Ben. And you have no idea what you're doing, you little ass kisser. My name is Colin and kick it stuff! Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.